0: Welcome to the New Life Millbrook weekly podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Um, We did, we had a, a great Christmas. And you know, I know we all know that Christmas, the celebration of Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. That's what that's all about. Um, but you know what? As Bill was talking about the busyness of the holidays, you can get really distracted and get your focus off of what the true meaning and the true purpose of Christmas is. And so I I don't know about y'all, but um, at least in my life, Christmas is a... Every woman in here knows, oh my Lord, Christmas is so busy. You know... I do, now I'm not trying, I don't know what to say about that, it may happen, I may end up having to go the handheld, um, yeah, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but in a way I sort of am throwing him under the bus, just to, oh, only one wheel maybe of the bus, okay, not off. Um, I do all the shopping at my house, um, except for, for me and for his from Papa to Papa gifts, which is a whole nother story. Um, so I do all the shopping in my house and I shop for approximately 16 people all together. And so I do all the gifts for all those people and I do 99.8% of the cleaning in my house, getting ready for whatever we're going to be doing. Um, I, okay, 99.9%. Okay, so I do that, and, um, I do all the cooking a uh, 100%, except for when Heidi and Savannah are over there helping me do the cooking. I do all the cooking for the holidays, for the parties. I do most of the preparation work for any parties we may have at our home, except for all the beautiful outside landscape, which everybody can see that my husband does, because I don't do that. Um, I do, you know, all the decorating for whatever it is we're, we're doing. Okay. 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 So, so I'm running him over, but it's the truth. I mean, it's the truth. I can't help it. That's the way life is in my house. So, but, but I'm saying all that to say this, very, very distracted, um, and, and get my focus off of what the true meaning of Christmas is about. And so I really enjoyed the Advent wreath that we did this year. Um, it caused me to get things back in perspective on a daily basis. And so while we were going through that, um, you know, I just, like Bill said, it helped keep, helped keep me focused on what, and I still did all that stuff. And, you know, we know that Jesus doesn't need all the lights and we don't worship the Christmas trees and, uh, you know, he doesn't need all the gifts. He's, you know, we're the greatest gift we could give to him is ourselves, our, our lives. He doesn't need all that stuff. But we take that time to focus in on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, we do that for a normal person. We have a birthday party. We give gifts. We decorate. We hang balloons and crepe paper, whatever it is we're going to do. We had one for um, McKenna this summer that was a luau party, and we went all out for that bad boy. And so, you know, we do special things for people. And so Christmas is sort of the same way. You know, we want to take that opportunity. And, you know, people say you do a It's not just for one. Magic cape. I take my sweater off. Will that help? Huh? It's touching it. I'm on fire. He's fixing me. Okay, so that's not good. Okay, so um, but it is a month-long thing. We do Christmas. We start Christmas the beginning of December. And we celebrate Christmas the whole entire month of December. We don't celebrate it December 25th. You know, we start with with celebrations with friends. We have parties. We have get-togethers. You know, we get excited. I get excited about Christmas. I love it. It's a great time of the year. And so we do all that, but we want to stay focused on the Word. Because you know what? The Word is life. And, you know, when I read the Word, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading the Word, it, it, um, I was telling Ira the other day, well, a couple of weeks ago because we've been out of work a whole week, I was telling Ira about a week or so ago that it, it, it penetrates into your spirit and it brings life to you. There's something on the inside of you, your spirit, your heart, your being should jump on the inside when you're reading the Word of God. It should relate to you if you're a born-again believer. And it reminded me of of Mary and Elizabeth when Mary went to go visit Elizabeth. And Elizabeth said, as soon as I heard the the sound of your greeting hit my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. It's that spirit-to-spirit communication that we have in the Word of God. And so that's why it's so important to stay focused on the Word, no matter what time of year it is, whether it's Christmas or not, because the Word is life to us. And the word, the word is light. The Bible tells us that the word is light. It brings light into our lives. And that's what I'm going to be preaching about. So I get to light the last candle. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, button. Button, who's got the button? I got it. Whatever. I know, it takes four people to help me preach. But that's okay. We'll get through it all. So that brings me to my topic you know, we started off this, uh, this series with Pastor Alan, and he preached on hope. And then Bill preached on faith, and then Peter preached on joy, and then Pastor Alan ministered on peace. And so tonight, today I'm going to be ministering on light, that Jesus is the light of the world. So the first thing we have to know, which is my point, my little sound man up there, are you going to be able to keep up with me? I've already have two guys up here trying to keep up with me, Joshua. So point one is that Jesus is the light of the world. And Jesus said, and we're going to get back to the scripture in a minute, but in John 8, he said, I am the light of the world. And so we all know that scripture. And the next scripture I'm going to read is one of the most familiar scriptures in the Bible, which is John 1, 1 through 5. Now, I'm probably not going to give you all time to turn to every one of the scriptures because I'm going to rattle these things off like a machine gun. I've got a lot of notes here to try to get through. But Josh is going to try to keep up with me. You can always go back and listen to the podcast or watch it on Facebook um, to get them again if you need to. John 1, 1 through 5 in the New King James Version says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Darkness cannot overwhelm light. Light is always going to beat out darkness. Simply put, Light is energy. If you want to go into a whole scientific blotity blotity, which I don't want to do. But life is energy. And it is the energy that literally runs our lives. And in almost every sense of the word, <laughs> spiritually and physically, light is energy and it runs our lives. It's so much more than the light that we see with the naked eye. We see light, and we see light in different depths and different brightnesses and different ways and in different colors. It takes all kinds of shapes and forms. We see the light from the candles. We can see the lights from the Christmas trees, even the green and the red lights behind us. Light, but that is not the light that we're talking about. We're talking about the light of life. The energy of God that has come into our lives. He, the light that comes from Jesus is the light of men. That word light there actually means to shine or manifest, it's luminous. In the beginning, God said, Let there be light. He said this before he created the sun and the moon. He said, Let there be light. I believe, this is me, they may disagree. I believe that that light that he is talking about was the energy, the force of life that God released from Himself. Light. Remember, I said light is energy. He said, "Let there be light," and if he, he released all of that energy into the universe for us, all that he released the whole electromagnetic spectrum into the world into the universe, and that's what that, that's what I believe that that light was. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and once again, my belief, just me, I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord, is that when Adam and Eve were created, they had the light of God, that they were clothed in the glory and the light of God. God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, that light went out and they saw their human form, their natural form. My beliefs. I'm not saying that's the saith the Lord. I'm not even saying that's what Alan preaches. That's what I'm, I believe. Because God is light. And he released that light into the earth. And he made man in his image and in his likeness. So in my little finite mind, I'm just thinking, man had to be releasing that light as he walked upon this earth. And it said, in dying you will die if you eat of the fruit of the, of the garden. In dying you will die, and that's when death began. And that light, I believe, went out of Adam. But God had a plan where he could create us to be the carriers of the true light. We can, we can carry in our humanity and who we are, we can carry the light of God here upon this earth. We have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of us. And, the, you know, we hear the Bible says, let your light shine. We'll go to that scripture some more. What light for heaven's sakes? It's the light of the gospel, the light of the glory of God shining out of us to those that come in contact with us. Have you ever had somebody look at you and they're they're like what what is it about you? You know, you just you have a different countenance than some, than other people do. It's the it's the light of God. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the peace of God. It's walking in the 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 um and the light that he created you to walk in, in the true knowledge of who he is. It's one thing to say that he is the light of the world, but he is our light personally. Jesus is our light personally. He is the light of life. That brings me to my second point. In John 8, 12, I mentioned this earlier, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. In the Amplified Version, it said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be walking in the dark, but will have the light, which is life. I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you will be walking in light. You will not be walking in the darkness. That word follow means to be in the same way. It doesn't mean to walk behind. I'm walking behind you, Jesus. It means to be in the same way with him. It means to accompany him. It's the word. It's, it means to be a disciple, a follower, like you're stuck to him like glue. What you do, I'm doing. Where you go, I'm going. What you say, I'm saying. It's not just kind of trailing along behind like you, your little kids do when you're in the grocery store. It's following him. It's being a disciple. It's, part of, it's a particle of union. It means union, to be in union with, basically to be one with. Um, Vine's expository says a follower or a companion, union and likeness. Rick Renner says to follow after someone or something in a very determined or purposeful manner. Because you have determined in your heart, I'm following him, I'm going to be like him, I'm going to imitate him. I'm going to be a little, a little Christ here on this earth. I'm going to be, I'm going to carry who he is in me. And I'm going to let that shine out of me to those that I come in contact with. <clears throat> those who follow me, who are companions and disciples, will not walk in darkness. He who puts his faith in me will not live, abide, or dwell in darkness, is what he is saying. He is the light of the world. So like I said, there's so much more than the physical light we see. There is a light that comes into us when we are born again. This is the very life of God. Remember, God is light. And it's the very life of God coming on the inside of us when we receive him and we're born again. My third point, I know I'm going really fast right now, but my third point is light reveals where we are. Light reveals where we are. And the natural light reveals where you are. Obviously, we all know that. That's a no-brainer. But have you ever walked in in the dark and bumped into something? In my house, it can be very dangerous to walk in the dark, dark. Because we have a dog, and he's black, mostly. And... He doesn't move. He doesn't, he, no matter what, he doesn't move. And so he just assumes you're going to step over him. Well, if it's dark and you don't see him, you can't step over him. And I know I sound like I'm talking out of experience because I am. I have tripped over that precious animal in the dark. And so has my husband. He has tripped over, because he doesn't move. He just expects you to Walk over him and normally we do, like when I'm doing the dishes, I'm like, I step over Baron this way, and I step over he'll just stay there and in my way until I yell at him and then he has to go away. In the spiritual realm it's the same way. Until we are born again, we're walking in darkness and we can't really see or comprehend where we are or where we are going. We live a life of darkness and destruction, and we don't even know it. And we're deceived, and we think we know what we're doing. We think we know where we're going, but we don't really know. I want to show you something. Walk off camera. It's all right. We got bath and body for Christmas. That's bad. It's okay. We're all right. I don't know if you can see this little tassel thing. It came off my pillow on my sofa. So I was walking through my living room last night, and it was kind of dark in there. There was a little bit of light from... Thank you, honey. There was a little bit of light from the Christmas tree. Oh, maybe it was kind of a lot of light. But... Um, and this was sitting on the very edge of my couch, just kind of sitting there. And it looked like in the dark, like a little toad or something. And so I walked in my living room and I was like, oh my word, what is on my couch? And I'm kind of creeping up on it because I'm expecting it to jump. I mean, I really did think it was like a little Little, you know, one of those little tree frogs or something. That's what it looked like in the dark. And so I walk up to it, and I get real, real close, and then I I knew what it was because these little tassels fall off my pillows all the time. I was like, I just chuckled. I thought that was so funny. It was just this little tassel on my couch. I thought it was a creature. And so also, this is my dog's Christmas present. It's a water buffalo horn everybody wants a water buffalo. Um, so, got to know tails for that one. Um, anyway, so this was in the corner in the bedroom, and it kind of looked like a little, like a, a rodent in the dark, kind of curled up. And I was like, I I saw it, and it took me back for a second. I was like, oh my gosh, what what is that? And then I, you know, quickly realized that it was the water buffalo horn. I don't know who's what they're doing to these poor water buffaloes but you can get a lot of water buffalo stuff for your dog at Bass Pro Shop, just in case you wanted to know. Um, so my point is that if I had light I would have seen these things for what they really are and it's the same way in our natural life. When we're walking in darkness we think we got all this communication we get all this information we can at the palm of our hand all we have to do is ask Siri And we can find out just about anything. We have all this information in the palm of our hand. And because we have all this information, we think we know what we're doing. We think we're smart. We think we got it all together. But if we're walking in the dark, I don't care how much information you have. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many degrees you have. And you're walking in the dark without the glorious gospel, then you're not living life to its fullest and to its abundance. And you're not seeing clearly. You may come up with some answers for some things. But you're being deceived if you don't believe that you need, the, you need Jesus in your life. You're being deceived if you don't think you need to know what the Word of God says. And that may sound harsh and hard, but that's where life comes from. That's where light comes from. Matthew Henry says, The light of reason as well as the life of sense is derived from him and depends on him. I love that. The life of reason as well as the life of sense derives from him and depends on him. Y'all, without the word, we're just bumping around in the dark. Job's friend Elihu said to Job, God has redeemed my life from going down to the pit of destruction, and my life shall see the light. He has redeemed my life from going down to the pit of destruction and my life shall see the light. He isn't talking about his eyes seeing the light. He's talking about his life seeing the light. His life living in the light, not just seeing it with his natural eyes. He's talking about not living a life of destruction, And if you don't have the word of God leading you and guiding you, then you are living a life of destruction. Then the sad thing is, we don't even realize it. We don't even realize the direction that we're going. And John 10.10 said, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in the abundance to the overflow, to, to the full till it overflows. That's what Jesus came for, so that we can live in that life of abundance till it overflows. Amen? The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, I used to preach this on Wednesday nights a lot because that's just so simple to me. I mean, how can you mess that up? You know, it's the whole thing, you know, I set before you life and death, choose life. I mean, it's a no-brainer. And I don't know how we, we managed to mess that up. Hey, Josh, I'm going to skip the King James Version in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, and I'm going to just go to the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 in the Amplified. It says, For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image and the likeness of God. He has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they will not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light The gospel of Christ is an illuminating light. Preventing them from seeing that, the gospel of the glory of the Christ Messiah, who is the image and the likeness of God. Just because you are living and breathing on this earth does not mean you are truly living the way God intended for you to live. It does not mean that you are living in the light of life. Have you ever lived in darkness? And I'm not talking about the darkness you get when your power goes off, when you didn't pay your power bill, or when the storms come. I'm talking about living in darkness. I have. And it didn't matter how much light was around me. The world was still gray it didn't matter what I did to make myself enjoy life. My life was dark. I mean, I had happy times, happy moments, but I definitely didn't have joy, hope, faith, peace, light. I didn't have any of that in my life. I was just living like so many people do who are deceived, who don't know the gospel, who don't know the Word of God. I was just living that life thinking I knew what I was doing, thinking I could fix it or thinking I could work it out. I remember telling my friend one day, I know that God intended for there to be more life than this. Now, I know the reason that that even came out of my mouth, because you have to understand, we didn't talk about God. I mean, that wasn't part of what we did on a day-to-day basis. So when I said that, that came out of my mouth, I didn't in that moment go, ooh, wow, that was profound. You know, it just kind of came out of my mouth. But I know that was a result of my sister Paula praying for me and interceding for me and taking the time to reach out to me and minister the Word of God to me. And she did it over and over and over and over again. She was relentless in preaching to me. Every opportunity she got, and apparently some of it somewhere filtered in something because that came out of my mouth. And I know it was because of the Spirit of God was wooing me and calling me And because of her prayers and her reaching out to me, Heidi told me that she distinctly remembers the change in our lives when we got saved. She was only five when we got saved, but she's got a pretty good memory of what life was like before we got saved. And she said, you know, Mom, before we got saved, when I look back at my life, it was gray, like like this old photograph. Y'all ever seen an old photograph? It's just kind of gray looking. She said, when I look back at my life, our lives as a family, me and Alan and Heidi, she said it was all just gray looking. And she made this statement to me. She said, and you know, it's like once you and Dad got saved and you got back together again, that's when life began. I was like, wow, you know what? That's true. That's when life began. That's when our lives began is when we got born again. Now, we were living here on this earth. We were working. We were doing stuff. But we weren't living the life God intended us to live. We weren't living life in the light So, when we're walking in darkness without the gospel, we don't really, we don't even realize what's wrong. Y'all, you've got, you have friends that aren't born again. They don't, they don't get it. All right? They don't realize what they really need. And it takes somebody living that out in front of them, and it takes somebody sharing that with them. I'm not talking about beating them over the head, you know, and, trying to cram things down their throat. I'm talking about living the life of the gospel in front of them. I'm talking about letting your light shine so that it is something that they desire because they don't even know what's wrong. They don't even know what's missing. It's like a person who just cusses. They don't even know they're cussing because that's just part of their language. It's what they do. Its not, not that they're trying to be crude or, or whatever it is. Maybe it started out that way, I don't know. But it's just, it just becomes a part of your speech. It's the blankety-blank hammer and the blankety-blank dog and the, you know, blankety-blank shirt, you know I mean, everything. They don't realize that because they have not been enlightened to the fact that they have a foul mouth. They don't know what's wrong. They don't even know what needs to be changed. I was ignorant to what was truly going to change my life. And like I said, no matter how hard I tried, and y'all, Alan and I both, we tried, but we, every, we couldn't fix it. There was nothing we could do to fix it. It was going to take God. No matter what I did, I always came back to the same place, hopeless, sad, and dark. And we have to have the light of truth and the light of gospel. Jesus, in praying to the Father, said in John 17, 17, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And like I said, until we become born again, we lived a lie and we're blinded to the truth. <clears throat> I knew there was God. I always knew there was God. But I didn't know God. Y'all ever, I think probably most of y'all have been there. You knew there was a God, but you just didn't know God. I want to go back to 2 Corinthians 4 4 in the Amplified, where it said, The God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel. It wasn't until I believed and that I accepted Jesus as my Savior that I could see. I mean, really see, it was like (laughs) the light came on. And it did, (laughs) literally. The light came on on the inside of me. Everything didn't change that day. But this is the crazy thing. I could see my sin, but I had hope to be free from my sin. Now, that's supernatural right there. Because, you know, in the natural, when we point out somebody's wrong to them, they feel condemned and they feel, you know, down. But when God shows you what's wrong with you, he gives you hope all at the same time. And so when I I got born again and I realized, man, I'm a starry piece of humanity, when I realized that, There was, it wasn't the condemnation of, oh, woe is me. I'm just, you know, I'm no good. Life's going to, no, it was, but there was hope that there was, it was, the light came on so you could see the dirt, but there was hope that that dirt was going to be cleaned up, I guess would be the best way to say that. And that is a supernatural thing that only God can do. He can show us our mess, but give us hope all at the same time. And so that's what he did for me. I began to believe I could get free from it. Like I said, I thank God there was someone praying for me and that there was someone who knew God and was willing to sacrifice their time and their finances to reach out to me, to pray for me, and do whatever it took to get me saved, take me in. I'm so grateful. So point number 1 was Jesus is the light. Point number 2 is he is our light. He is the light of life. And point number 3 reveal the light reveals where we are. Excuse me, I got to have a drink. I'm not good at this one-handed thing. The light directs, number 4. The light directs and leads us to truth and relationship. The light directs and leads us to truth and relationship. In Psalm 43.3 in the King James, New King James Version, it says, Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. In Psalm 89.15, it says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In, the, in thy name they shall rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horns shall be exalted. Send out your light and your truth, and let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. I remember my first Christmas after I got born again. One more sip, I'll put this down. You know, Alan has shared with y'all about Heidi and me moving to Michigan and to live with my sister. I'll tell you, we were in a completely different world than he was. And so we were up there in Michigan, and it was Jesus, Jesus, 24-7. And I'm not even exaggerating a little bit, all right? It was everything was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I was into it, let me tell you what. I dove in with both feet And I took it all hook, line, and sinker, and I was just, I was loving it. I mean, I was just so into it. Every Bible study that was available, I was going to. I was listening to um, tapes uh, in the mornings and in the evenings. And uh, I slept on the hide-a-bed in the living room. And so the radio, back then, you know, you had like a radio and a, uh, it was like some kind of console thing. And anyway, I would listen to uh, Christian teaching at night on the radio. I mean, I was into it. They weren't dragging me to church. I was, this was life. And I'd been living in darkness for so long. Once I found the what light was like, I was, I was going for it. And so that first Christmas that we had, um, I was, uh, I would hear the Christmas carols. And you know... Before I became born again, when, when I lived at home, I, we were raised singing Christmas carols. How many of y'all were raised singing Christmas carols? I mean, we were. Raised, my, my daddy loved music, and, you know, we knew all the Christmas carols and all that kind of stuff. And my parents, honestly, they raised us to know the true meaning of Christmas. Now, they weren't like we are, like, you know... Jesus, Jesus all the time. But they did raise us to know that Christmas was about the birth of Christ. My daddy would read the, the uh, story of the, what we call the Christmas story in the Bible to us. They taught us that stuff. But you know what? It wasn't real to me. I mean, it was a good story, and I believed it. I mean, I believed that Jesus was the Son of God, but it was all academic. It wasn't relationship. And so when I got born again, and all of a sudden it's relationship, all of a sudden it's life, and I'm hearing Christmas carols for the first time in my life for what they really are. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I would just sit there and just cry. I was, oh, God, this is so wonderful. This is so good. I mean, I still cry over Christmas carols. And Pete's finally quit being the Grinch. He listens to Christmas carols too. But um, they just took on a whole new meaning of life to me. And so I was going to read a couple of verses and a couple of Christmas carols. I had a whole bunch, but I'm not going to read it all. Listen to this in the We Three Kings. Um, we Three Kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor mountain, following yonder star. Listen to this. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, Cece never, over us all to reign. I never heard that. King forever, Cece never? I heard that and I was like, what? I knew what that meant. All of a sudden, I knew what that meant. And you know what? It it was personal to me. It became life to me. I had never heard, I mean, I heard it, but I didn't know it. God, rest you, merry gentlemen. This is one of my favorites. God, rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. It goes on and says, Fear not then, said the angel, let not you affright. This day is born a Savior of pure virgin, bright, to free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. I heard that. I was like, that is real. That is real. That is true. He freed me from the power of the devil ruling over my life. Now, before I was born again, we sang those words. It was a sweet little song. And oh, God rest you, Mary, gentlemen, nothing to dismay. We just sing and have a good time. But let me tell you, When I heard it for the first time, when the light of the glorious gospel revealed that to me, illuminated that to me, oh, it was hallelujah shouting time in my life. That's what the light of the gospel will do for you. Although you may think you know it. If somebody had asked me, do you know the God rest? Oh, yeah, I know that song. I know that. I didn't know it. So like I said, I'd sing the songs, and I was just, I, know, I don't know what my sister must have thought of me at that time. I'd just cry. Oh, my gosh, it just meant so much to me. But it doesn't if you don't have the illuminating light on the inside of you. The Word of God brought life into my, light into my life, and it is light in my life. And if you've never lived in darkness, you don't know what that's like. You don't know what it's like one time to live in darkness and all of a sudden find out that there was hope in your life and you don't have to live that way anymore. Now I see the light and Christmas truly became alive to me and it was actually Christ mass, the celebration of Christ. It wasn't Christmas, it was Christ mass in my life. In Luke two thirty, he said, For "My eyes have seen thyself." This is Simeon. He said, "My eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people." That word "lighten" and "a light to lighten" is, to, is disclosure. It's manifestation. It means to be revealed. It means revelation. Vine said, the drawing away by Christ of the veil of darkness covering the Gentiles. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ coming into our lives, taking away the veil of darkness that was over our lives and bringing light to us. I can't tell you... unless you've been there, what it means to come out of a life of darkness. I can't describe, we sang that song it said, I'm so grateful, Lord. I can't describe the gratefulness that I have Because of what Jesus has done for my life. Walking in that dark place, living in that dark place, and then coming into the revelation of the light of Jesus, Heidi said it was like life began. Life begins, life truly begins when we make that choice to follow after Jesus, to be that disciple of his, to walk in union with him. And it's not just an academic thing we do. It's a relationship that he has brought into our lives. That we have, you know what, it's not that he's brought it into our lives. It's that we have received it into our lives. From Him. I just want to stop right there for a minute. I want to just say if you have set your relationship with God on a shelf and you aren't pursuing after that, if you're not making that first priority in your life, I just, wanna, I just want everybody to close their eyes. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or any of that kind of stuff. I just want to pray with you. I want to stir up on the inside of you a desire to seek after that life that he has so freely given to us. If you're walking in a dark place right now and you, don't, you can't see the future, you can't see life, you can't see hope, I just want to pray with you and let you know that there is life and there is hope in Jesus Christ. And Father, I just lift them up to you right now in the name of Jesus, and I thank you that you reveal yourself right in the midst of where every person is in this sanctuary or every person that's listening to this via Facebook or podcast. You reveal yourself to them today cause that light to shine in their lives where they can see hope, where they can see a future. God, that they can see you, that you, your love for them and your care for them. God, I just thank you that as we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, that we receive in each one of us individually, we receive We receive that into our lives. Just say, I receive that into my life, Jesus. I receive your light. I receive your direction. I receive your hope into my life right now. And I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm not done. We are going to probably get out early. Might want to text Heidi and let her know that. Um, Where am I? So you are the light. Point number five. You are the light. The Bible says that you are the light of the world. In Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck, under a peck measure, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds. And recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's the whole point of it. Not so that you can look all great and wonderful. Not so that somebody can say, ooh, wow, they are great Christians. Or they can comment on your incredible relationship with the Lord and how many scriptures you know and how you can quote stuff off to them and all that. That, uh -uh. That's not what it's about. It's about recognizing and honoring and praising and glorifying your Father who is in heaven. And if you aren't pointing them to Him, then you're pointing in the wrong direction. Because He is the only answer, and He is the only hope. So we can yakety-yakety-yak all we want and come up with all kinds of answers for all kinds of problems. But He is the answer. He is the truth. He is the life. And don't ever, don't ever let that be little in your life. Don't feel like you've got to come up with some kind of wise answer for people. He is the answer. And you know what? If we don't have an answer for a problem or a question, then pray about it. Hello? I know that may seem like elementary, but it's the real deal. And it works. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 14, it says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea in in Christ Jesus. You received the word of God. You welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as the truth, the word of God, and it effectively works in you who believe. I can't emphasize this enough. I don't know why we think we can we can just do stuff on our own and we can skip past all that. It's the Word, the Word that brings light, the Word that brings truth, the Word that brings hope. If you know somebody who's having a hard time, it's the Word that's going to bring them hope. It's the Word that's going to bring them life. It's not your or my great wisdom and understanding. It's the Word. It says... It works in you who believe. So when we become born again, we should change. And you know what? It never quits. He's still working on me. It never stops. We should constantly be changing from glory to glory to glory. Constantly. If we're staying the same, something's wrong. If we're staying the same, we're not spending time in the Word. If we're staying the same, we're not allowing God to reveal to us who we are. How many times has God showed you, uh, you know, you're out of line there? I mean, you know, you need to change this in your life. You need to redirect that. You shouldn't talk like that. You shouldn't act like that. That's not becoming, you know, the Holy Spirit had me recognized on a regular basis. Well, that wasn't the fruit of the Spirit. Not about somebody else, about me. I do something, say something, next thing I know, right out my, right out of my mouth. That wasn't the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, that wasn't the fruit of the Spirit. That behavior wasn't the fruit of the Spirit. That answer wasn't the fruit of the Spirit. Are we walking in the fruit of the Spirit? Are we changing? Are we growing? Are we developing? The Bible says the Word works in you who believe. Thank God. You don't want, I mean... The person I was 40 years ago, that would be bad. You don't want that person. So Ephesians 5, 8 through 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. How simple is that? walk as children of light. That's not hard. That's pretty plain. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. How are you going to find that out if you don't spend time in the Word? You got to spend time in the Word to find out what's acceptable. And have no fellowship with "...with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest For the light by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You are the light of the Lord, the light of the world. Let your light shine." McKenna was at the table the other day and we started singing that song, This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Alan said, You don't have a little light. And he looked at he was saying this to McKenna, you don't have a little light. You have the big light on the inside of you. You got the same light on you that I have on me, the light of Jesus. And it's not little, it's big. So we've got to let that light shine out in our lives. We are children of light and not of the darkness. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 520, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Y'all, this world that we live in is crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. Peter and I were talking the other day about How somebody who's in their 90s, everything they've seen transpire through the generations. I mean, you know, we're talking about somebody who started out literally with horse and buggies. And so we were talking about that. But you know what? Along with all our modern technology and wonderful things that we have, it's gone crazy. And I got this advertisement the other day. I don't know how many of y'all got this, but it ticked me off. Just saying. Just saying high-speed internet, no BS. You're not supposed to say that on Facebook, I'm sure. That offended me. I'm like, who decided that was okay? I mean, what type of advertising? Who are they advertising to? What generation has this become so common with that it's okay to use profanity to advertise something. I'm sorry. I'm not, I have a problem with that. I'm not sorry. Plain and simple. I have a problem with that. And you can call me old school if you want to. I don't care because I am old. But there are things in this world and in this life that are bad and there are things that are good. All right, and profanity falls in the bad category, whether you think so or not. And I'm not making up my own rules, this is truth. We had a very violent card game yesterday, okay? So, (laughs) very violent, but anyway, so, but this is true. There are some things that are bad kill, steal, destroy, murder, those things are bad, no matter how you want to slice the dice. You know, God is good love joy peace hope faith those things are good profanity falls in the bad category and for some advertising agent that decided we need to appeal to a younger generation who thinks putting profanity on an advertisement that's going to sell our product to them something's wrong something's wrong We've got to be the people who let our light shine, no matter what the world says is okay. The Bible says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. That's very strong language right there. And we need to be willing to stand up and be who God created us to be and let the light of the glorious gospel shine out of us and reveal what is good and what is evil. Amen? We're about to start a new year. Alan will be ministering his New Year's message. I don't know what all that's going to be. had not heard it yet. But I want to challenge you for 2022. Make that a year that you purpose in your heart that you're going to spend time in the Word of God, and you're going to allow God to develop you into a new level of a relationship with Him so that you can bring glory to Him and point those that are around you to the truth of the light of the glorious gospel. Amen? Let's Mm -hmm. pray. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word. Father, we thank you that your word brings light. It brings life. It brings peace and joy and hope and faith. God, we love you so much. We thank you, Father, for the year 2021 that you've brought us through. It's because of your goodness and your mercy that we're here today. And, Father, we thank you that as we purpose in our hearts to go deeper in relationship with you. Father, that you reveal yourself to us individually and corporately. And Father, I bless the people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.